Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Almost live from the trenches of New York City, here are your middle aged warriors, Chris Samino and Rick Summers. Hey, and welcome to the Big 5 0. I cannot believe it. We're really, really middle aged now. Book them down, 050. <laughs> That's it. This is Middle Age Warriors. He's Chris. I'm Rick. Thanks for uh, finding us on the Believe Podcast Network. We really, really do appreciate the fact that you take the time to stop by when you do. Absolutely. Um, any and all are welcome. And uh, the audience has been growing, and we really appreciate that. We appreciate the support, some of the positive feedback we've been getting as well. But 50 shows, you know, when you put it, when you put a number on it, that for some reason that number seems to jump jump I out know. at me. I know. Uh, so I, I'm impressed. We've, we've gotten to 5-0. It's a good show. M-A-W-5-0. Absolutely. And we've got, you know, spring is on hand right now, although today's a little chilly here, but a lot of the country enjoying some springtime weather. Baseball season starts uh, as of tomorrow from the recording of this show. And a lot of people spring and summer typically in normal life travel. That's what you start to think about. Time for me to fly. Absolutely. And that's why we brought back a very special guest today. The one and only Mr. Peter Greenberg. To, the travel uh, detective. Yes, to enlighten us about where we are and where we're going. He's back for a second time, and we're very grateful. The travel detective Peter Greenberg Yay. is with us. And by the way, Peter, you're here for a big show. This is show number 50 for us, the big 5 up. Congratulations, guys. That's great. I, we're really middle-aged warriors now <laughs> once we hit 50, right? <laughs> We've become them by doing the show 50 times. But anyway, Peter, uh, this is also a, kind of a big show for us because I believe this is the first time we've had a guest internationally. You are in Turkey right now, correct? Correct. I'm speaking to you about 80 feet from the Bosphorus. I'm at the, uh, the Shiran Palace Hotel right here in Istanbul. Wow. It's, a, it's, a, it's late at night, but it doesn't matter. I'm very happy to be here. Ah, uh, do you have a full moon there? We had a full moon last night that was absolutely spectacular. Yeah, yeah I know. It's with, gorgeous uh, to look at it, isn't it? With Istanbul as a backdrop, yeah. it's not, that's yeah. not too shabby. All right, so now... What the hell are you doing in Turkey, Peter? No, why are you there, actually? Well, in addition to what I do for CBS News as the travel editor, I also host and produce a number of specials on PBS, a couple of series as well. This is a series that we're just completing here called Hidden Turkey. Mm -hmm. And the concept of the show is that I take you for an hour to all the destinations and experiences that are not in the brochures, mm -hmm. not in the guidebooks, that are, access that are accessible to the audience. And our mantra... In fact, our mo our mandate for the show is three words: no gift shop. Gift <laughs> shop I like that. <laughs> That's right up my alley. Yeah, you got it. So that we we're just about finishing the show right now. Now, Peter, your wife is from Turkey, right? Coincidentally, she is, and uh, and of course, we travel everywhere, yeah. and uh, you can imagine how invaluable she is on this shoot. I'm uh, sure. Because, you know, when when people are talking behind my back. <laughs> <laughs> they think you don't know what they're saying. Aha. So now, I mean, we're reaching spring again and into the summer season, and this is our second go around since we've been dealing with this pandemic. Travelers have so much pent up energy and desires to go and see. We have a vaccine. We're just beginning to get that going to the masses. Is the industry ready? What are they doing to make it safe in terms of travel? Well, you asked two questions. Are they ready and, and are they doing it to make it safe? On the ready part, they've been ready for a long time. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. uh, they're, they're bringing planes back. Uh, American Airlines announced uh, a few hours ago that by May they will have unparked 
all their planes. Wow. Uh, that they're amazing. actually running about 80% load factors in recent days. Mm-hmm. That'll give you an idea that people are acting out on that pent-up demand, at least on the domestic routes. Right. Uh, we're seeing uh, the low fare carriers, the Spirits, the Allegiance, the Frontiers, the Sun Countries, and the Southwests flood the zone. They've announced over 70 new domestic cities in their route network. Wow. Um, we're not talking about Chicago, LA, or New York. We're talking about Myrtle Beach and Eugene, Oregon, and Bozeman, mm-hmm. Montana. Uh, all leisure destinations, because when travel comes back, that's what's going to drive it. So the industry is definitely getting ready. The real question is, are travelers going to behave themselves? Are they mm. going to act responsibly? Right. Because getting vaccinated does not mean you've been liberated. Right. It means mm-hmm. that you you still have to be responsible. You still have to wear a, a mask. You still have to practice social distancing. And you're still going to have to get tested. Hey, give us a second here. We got a new sponsor and we got to pay some bills. You know how that goes, right? You can bet online the fastest and the easiest way to bet all your sports action. Yep, March Madness is upon us. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Sounds good? Yeah, free generally catches your attention, doesn't it? Hey, Head to the website, betonline.ag, use your mobile device, or sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Way to go, huh? BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Go for it. So when I'm ready to come back to the U.S., I have to go get a COVID-19 test. It has to be negative within 72 hours of my departure. Then I get to go home, just like I had to do it in order to come here. And that's going to be the name of the game going forward. And I would not be a bit surprised if we don't see mandatory requirements uh, for vaccination proof on Mm -hmm. cruise lines, some international airlines and some hotels. It's going to roll in. There's just it's no doubt about it. There's talk about a a vaccine passport. Um, what, What can you offer about that? Well, there's more than talk about it. There are about 40 separate entities already at work on it. The U.S. government is not one of those entities, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, but that's the big problem. We have four, the technology is there to develop a digital document that will contain your vaccination history, your test history, any pre-existing medical conditions, uh, and other medical information about you that would be helpful to the authorities in order to let you go somewhere. The problem is there is no central clearinghouse. There's no set of central standards to be able to universally accept, verify, update, um, and read Mm. the information. And then other issues abound, like who shares the data or who sells the data. Right, Um, right. Until that happens, we're going to have a problem. However, having said that, I guarantee you that economics will take precedence. People will finally get into a room and there will be one universally accessible an acceptable document. And when that happens, uh, you'll be able to use that uh, vaccination passport, if you will, to go to the movies, the grocery store, the dry cleaners, mm. and to Brazil. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, All in one trip. And, yeah. and we will, absolutely. Sticking at least at this point with, with the airline aspect of things, um, you I'd seen something recently you were talking about, and I didn't realize most airlines are driven, they made their profit on business class. And they're losing and have lost that. And I know you feel like they may not regain that. So how are they changing the game in that regards to, to make to bring the profit back? Right. The business model for the legacy carriers like American, United, and Delta was based primarily on high-yield business class travelers 
in the front of the plane. Mm. And if you could fill that front section, coach could be empty. They made money. Conversely, if you can't fill the front section, you could have so many people in coach, they're sitting on the wings and (laughs) lose money. Mm. And that's where we are right now. They've been losing lots and lots of money because the business travel and the business travelers aren't there. Right. And they may not be coming back until the middle of next year. Sure. So ironically, for at least in the first seven months of this year, leading into July, uh, those three carriers have become unwanted. Uh, certainly they don't want it. Low fare carriers. The airfare from LA to New York three weeks ago, one way mm. was $92. Wow. On American. Really? Uh, the airfare, the airfare on American from Miami to San Francisco was $31. Wow. The cab there was three times that much. Hey, right. Exactly. Really? That's so true though. That really is true. But however, getting, but, however, yeah. airfares are, are, are inching up. Mm. They're inching up about 7% a week and that's compounded. So what was going on three weeks ago at $92 is now at $129 mm. wow. and it's going to continue to go up. Now, having said that, when I talked to you about all those other low fare carriers flooding the zone, uh, that did not go unnoticed by the, the major three carriers. And so mm. last week, Delta announced 36 new routes wow. domestically going to like, you know, all the national park available airports, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Many mm. of the same cities that the low fare carriers announced. American came in with, I think, 26 cities. Uh, and you know what? They're going to try to play the same game because that's where the money's going to be this year, at mm. least to the end of 2021. It's with leisure leisure travelers. Sure. I have a question for you because I know if you don't drive your car for a while, the tires tend to flatten and, and just it doesn't perform as well. My mechanic is always saying, oh, yeah, just, just drive it for a few miles, even if you are going to leave it for a couple of weeks at a time. You had talked about these planes that have been parked for some of the major carriers, and we've seen some of the pictures, and I I think they're fascinating pictures to look at. Most of these planes were parked in the desert, correct? Correct. And They were parked in uh, in Victorville, California, in Palmdale, California, uh, out in Roswell, New Mexico, hmm. San Bernardino, California, where you're going to have low humidity, and uh, less less opportunity for corrosion, mm-hmm. uh, but they're not parked. If you will excuse the expression, in a vacuum, you have to do active maintenance on parked planes uh, because, uh, it, like you mentioned about your car, you can't just fire up the engine six right. months later and take off. <laughs> yeah. So it takes a good 180 man hours uh, to get a plane ready just to fly back to its home base oh my to goodness. get ready again. Wow. And they've been goodness. doing that now for the last four months. Wow. Yeah. The other thing about, you know, flying, and I've done a little bit of it in the midst of all of this, and uh, people are very concerned. And they would say to me, you're crazy, you're flying. But the fact of the matter is the air inside a plane, from what I've seen and heard, in some cases, in terms of the way it's circulated and filtered, is as good as an operating room in some hospitals. Is that is that a stretch or is that real? No, in some cases, better. The, uh, the oh. high efficiency uh, filters that they have on the plane are pulling out about 99.4% of all the particulates and bacteria. And what people don't realize is that all the air in a plane is coming from outside the plane. Mm-hmm. It's brought in through the engines at about minus 60 degrees. It's heated, brought into the cabin. Wow. And every three minutes or three and a half minutes, that other air is purged out and new air comes back in. So that's all good news. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, that's why it's not stopped me from flying because I don't have an issue with the air quality or the actual bacteria count on the on the airplane. 
I didn't. I just learned something. I didn't realize though that that air is coming directly through the engines and then filtered and heated yeah. before it gets into the cabin. That's pretty fascinating. That's that's pretty awesome right. stuff. Here's something you didn't know about me. Yeah. I don't sleep well. <laughs> well, maybe you did know that about me. But I'm really good at staying awake and staring at my ceiling. I've become an expert. I know every crack and crevice. It's great. So I'm always looking for new ways to get my you-know-what together. My head hits the pillow, and bam, my mind just starts racing to what I didn't do, what I need to do, yada, yada, yada. You guys relate to that? Yeah. Probably, yeah. Right there with you, man. It kind of sucks. Fortunately, though, I found Sunday Scaries, and I realized they make products specifically for overthinkers and night owls like me. Sunday Scary CBD gummies help me decompress, ah. clear my head, ah. and fall asleep so I can actually wake up a fully functioning human being and annoy my girlfriend by snoring all night. <laughs> me too. Here you go. Wait, you're there with us? You're annoying my girlfriend snoring all night? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, okay. Anyway, there's no risk to buy. The company offers a 100% lifetime money-back guarantee. And if the product's not for you, that's okay. You'll get your money back. Sunday Scaries in this, is in the uh, stress-relieving business, not the stress-causing business. I got you 25% off to prove that. You visit sundayscaries.com. That's sundayscaries, S-C-A-R-I-E-S for the scaries.com, and use my promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, for your discount. That's promo code B-L-E-A-V for 25% off at sundayscaries.com. They're really amazing, and you won't regret joining their squad. So people start to travel and all, you know, part of travel obviously is where you're going and what you're going to see and encounter. And that's, that's part of the, the, the fun of it. But the other part of it, at least to me, has always been the socializing and the meeting new people who, who are experiencing along with you something at the same time that's new to them and sharing that with all of these restrictions and the, these potting of people, how do you feel about that? I mean, what, how are we going to approach that? Or is that gone for a while until further notice? Well, we, we will get to a middle ground, but you, you're right. Travel is by definition an experience that's meant to be shared. And in many cases, travel is by definition large social gatherings with experiences meant to be shared. Uh, we're, you know, we're not seeing the big sporting events yet. We're not seeing the big concert venues yet. But remember, when you get that vaccine passport uh, and that kind of uh, compliance, you will start to see that. So mm. you'll get a stadium that might hold 80,000 people. You gotta believe they're gonna, they're gonna bring at least 25,000 people in as a test. Right. And that's, that's gonna start. They played, they did a couple of those things with, with the NFL season this year. Um, you know, it's, it was with phony, uh, phony, phony audience sounds for the folks at home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, the, uh, but you know what? People still wanted to watch the games. Uh, so that will come back, no doubt about it. However, consider this. If the airlines are going to start selling 100% of their seats, mm. uh, Delta Airlines is no longer going to be blocking the middle seat after April 30th, mm. uh, which means they can sell 100% of every seat on every flight. The question then becomes, what are the hotels going to do? Because right. most hotels have been operating on capacity uh, caps on their occupancy uh, out of about 40%, either because of regional or local ordinances or hotel chain policy. You can imagine that that's probably going to get thrown out the window pretty soon mm. because they need to make some money. Uh, however, there's a way to do that so that you limit the number of people in the hotel gym. You're not going to be opening up the bars. You're not going to be opening up the restaurants. You'll keep the kitchen open for contactless room service. And, and, the, and the housekeepers are only going to enter your room the day before you check in and not during your stay. Really? That's what I am. 
That's what's been going on now. They'll continue that. Mm-hmm. I heard um, one of the politicians on TV or radio talking about not so much the concern of being on the airplane, but just being in crowds at the sandwich shop at the airport or the lines of people getting onto planes at the airport. From your experience, and Chris, I'll, I'll defer this to you as well, since you've flown recently, mm-hmm. what did you find anything out of the ordinary or anything different at any of the airports that you've been in or out of? Well, let's go back a couple of months when airlines changed their boarding procedures to board from the back to the front so that Mm -hmm. nobody is walking by anybody else. Wow. Uh, There was a time, of course, pre-pandemic where some airlines like United had eight different boarding groups for any one flight. It was crazy. Mm -hmm. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Um, But guess what? They're They're going back to those uh, to those original uh, boarding policies mm. because people are ready for it now. Uh, and, and, and their first and business class passengers, few as they may be, like to be pre-boarded. Uh, so we will see what happens. But your other point about the airport itself, the TSA security lines and the retail establishments at the airport, that's about being so uh, situationally aware. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I get to an airport and I'm flying out of gate nine and it's like a zoo, and gate 10 is empty, right. I'll go over and sit over at gate 10 until I can be the last person to board the flight on gate nine. Mm-hmm. I'm in no rush. Right, um, absolutely. And you know what? I didn't go to the airport to eat anyway. So, I, you know, I, you know, <laughs> why would I want to go stand in a long line to get a bad, uh, a bad sandwich? So for, <laughs> exactly. me, for me, the only thing you want to bring is extra water. Mm. Uh, you always want to continue to hydrate yourself. And, uh, you know, airline food is always an oxymoron to begin with. So when the airlines are <laughs> bringing food back, I go, "Oh, really? Don't you know? Don't count me in." So yeah, right. Yeah, yeah it's fine with the Ziploc bag and the and the almonds and the little bottle of water we're getting now. But why not? Why but not? you know, one of the things you know, Rick had asked the question. The other thing, and I'm not sure in your flights what it was like, but when the plane lands and then, of course, is you know comes in and and they tell you, you know, one row at a time, get up and and wait and give space. But, Forget it. It's the usual. It's still the uh, everybody on buckles gets up and they're getting their overhead luggage and it's sure. and, and it's a frenzy again and they're on top okay. of each other. Let me ask you this: If you're not making a connecting flight, right, and you check bags, why are you rushing off the plane? Exactly. exactly. Please. <laughs> exactly. It's one thing of human nature that drives me nuts when I'm on a plane. This is the one thing, and I notice it really hasn't freaking changed even through all of this. You know, it's funny Correct. because I, I used to think that was endemic of coming back to New York. Mm. I always felt that no. the New Yorkers were type AAA characters and mm. had to be first on, first off, and that they got up. But I noticed that it's true. Wherever yeah. you fly in the world, people get up and don't want to wait. They're not listening. For me, I'm, what I do is if I, wherever I am, if I'm sitting... First of all, I like I like a window seat so nobody's crawling over me during the flight. Mm-hmm. Right. As long as I'm in that window seat, either you know first class or coach, when the plane lands, that's when I take out my phone and make a lot of phone calls while everybody <laughs> right. else is trying to get off the plane. I, I, I it's much more efficient that way. Right, you can catch up on things. So you brought it up before a little bit. We've been talking a lot airlines, but hotels. I mean, they really you know the industry took a tremendous beating. Where is it at right now? Will there be, you think, a sound and solid recovery that will fall in line with people starting to travel once again and fly once again? And are there any great deals in that transition to getting back to, I'll put it in quotes, normal, if you will? 
Well, let's start with the bad news. Right now, <laughs> about 34% of all American hotels are technically in a state of foreclosure. Wow. And the only thing that they wow. have, the reason why they haven't been foreclosed on is the banks don't want to own them because mm -hmm. they already know how bad the situation is. Wow. So they're all trying, they're all trying to work it out. Um, so the answer is there will be a recovery for those hotels that can stay alive. Um, and they will start inching up. But remember, you have to look at this differently between different types of hotels. The big mm -hmm. business and convention meeting hotels, they're in trouble, you know, because there's no business and meetings going on. Uh, and there won't be until 2023, since most conventions book between two and three years out. So, you know, those big box Marriott Marquis in New York or the big Hiltons on, you know, on 54th Street or in Dallas, the big Anatoles. I mean, those hotels are going to have a rough time if they reopen at all until the conventions get booked. Right. The smaller boutique hotels, they will come back. Uh, and then the big chain hotels will come back as well because they have the power of their frequent stay programs and the loyalty programs will help them out. But let us not kid ourselves. You're not going to see 100% occupancies with the exception of Hawaii mm. and Florida, where they're already going gangbusters. <laughs> but if you're running a, uh, you know, a 300 room Sheridan in Cleveland, right. <laughs> uh, you, you have a challenge right now. Yeah, they're not flocking there, indeed. I was going to say one of the things you said to us uh, when you appeared on Middle Age Wars with Chris and I last uh, summer, summer 2020, hard to believe it was that long ago, but you talked about being home and discovering things about your neighborhood and your life that you'd never had the time, the energy, or the patience really to, to see and learn about where you lived. Anything new to shed on that since last July? Well, I'm still discovering new things, uh, especially about the architecture of Manhattan, mm -hmm. because I have a chance now to look up, not just look down. <laughs> and uh, and that's always great. Uh, you don't want to give that up. Uh, but keep in mind that when we talked last year, I was still not doing a lot of traveling. Starting in August, September of last year, I started traveling again and a lot because it's what mm -hmm. I do. And so I'm talking to you tonight from Turkey. But since the last time we talked, I've been in the Dominican Republic, in Mexico, in Croatia, in Turkey twice, uh, in uh, in a number of different U.S. cities doing stories there. Uh, I come back from Turkey in about six days, and then we're going to take off again. So and the, the feds haven't to, caught you yet. <laughs> no, and we're not. And we're not talking about 2019 travel frequency. Right. We are getting back on. We are going out and traveling. So you brought it up before, uh, looking ahead to 2023, because. That seems realistically where things might start to feel a little bit closer to pre-pandemic uh, time in, in, in terms of what traveling might be like. But some of the industry, they're offering already deals for 2023 travel. I'm assuming figuring people will start to say, hey, by then it's got to be better. So let's start booking that. And if they are, are, they, have, are there incentives? Are there really good deals? And where would we find those? Well, I'm going to tell you something that might surprise you. In the past, when the travel industry had a problem, whether it was the, you know, the economic meltdown in 2008-2009 or post-9-11, they thought the answer was to discount their way out of it. Now, with such pent-up mm. demand, uh, as we start to come out of it now, there are going to be not that many deals uh, <laughs> because the pent-up demand is so strong. I'll give you an example. Uh, one cruise line uh, put on sale about three weeks ago their 2022 World Cruise. That's a 180-day cruise with a minimum cabin price 
of $40,000. Sign me up. That cruise <laughs> sold out in one hour. What? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And Silver Sea <clears throat> put on their 2023 uh, world cruise just three days ago with a starting cabin price of $74,000. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and, that change out, for Rick and, I. and that sold out in two hours. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's there, like you know, like we were talking about. It's it's just it's really pent up in people. And I guess my idea of of getting some sweet deals is pr- pretty much going down the tubes here, Peter. Is that the? No, is that- no, it's not. You have okay. to be a little more strategic. Uh huh. And here's where you do it. Hey, we want to give a second to talk about a new sponsor, eBay. Whether rare, dead stock, or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for because we know you're a sneaker fan. As the original sneaker marketplace ebay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been looking for yeah with ebay's authenticity guarantee your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators love a good authenticator a team of experienced sneaker authenticators they verify the box the logo the stitching and dozens of other inspection points each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity and it also protects sellers with a verified return process. Yeah, actually, it's pretty cool. For sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers of $100 or more, making it free to sell or flip your collection. Oh, everybody's ears perked up when they heard free. Go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. That's ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. See you later authenticator <laughs> go ahead right now do you have any idea how many unredeemed frequent flyer miles there are in the world i just use some yeah i know but how many do you think there are oh good lord in the world it's, you know hundreds <sighs> of millions uh is there a billion i don't even know millions, okay you want to take a guess anybody no it's gonna be trillion <laughs> i i can't count neither that high are, neither of you are going to go to the showcase showdown you're right. You're absolutely right. I didn't go over. <laughs> you definitely didn't go over, but you went so far under. Twenty-three trillion. Trillion. Wow. Frequent flyer miles. Yeah, frequent flyer miles that have been earned and not yet redeemed. Oh my and goodness. Until the pandemic, keep in mind, we had a situation in which they made it hard for you to earn miles and they made it harder for you to redeem them. Right. The capacity controlled every flight because they didn't want to give up a revenue seat. To a, to a mileage ticket. Right. Well, right now they got a lot of excess capacity, especially on international routes. So the smart traveler will start looking 330 days out, even into early next year, and use those miles now to hold on to those seats that you could never get before to the places you really want to go. Wow. Keep in mind that in many cases, the redemption levels needed to get those seats have come down. Absolutely. Right. I mean, look, oh. I saw a seat the other day uh, domestically, New York to LA, which would normally go for 25,000 miles, it went for 17.5. That uh-huh. never happened. Right. So it's, it's a great buyer's market if you're sitting on frequent flyer miles. And the one caveat I have to enforce here is that, look, I don't trust the airlines as airlines. Why would I trust them as banks? <laughs> Your frequent flyer miles are, uh-huh. do not accrue interest. They're mm-hmm. devalued every chance the airlines can. So mm-hmm. spitting on them and hoarding them is a somewhat suicidal proposition. Yeah. You should look up to 330 days out 
and well, protect yourself now because let's say 330 days from now, I'm saying up to 330, but let's say 330 days now, you've already got your seats for the flight you want. And for whatever reason you can't go, the airlines have already set the precedent. They will redeposit your miles back to your account without charging you a fee. So hmm. it's a win-win. Yeah, it really is. Wow, know, that is gold. Yeah, I know what I'm doing as soon as this interview is over. <laughs> I'm getting online. Oh, no, you got to do it. You yeah, absolutely. It. That's great advice. So for you, getting back to the things that you love to do in terms of travel outside of, the, I mean, obviously it seems like a lot of what you've done during this time frame has been sort of related to your work more than anything else. What about leisure travel for Peter Greenberg? When do you see that and what would it be if you had the opportunity? Well, leisure for travel for me, I believe me, I make the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And leisure travel for me is very close to home. Um, I've spent every summer since I'm six months old on Fire Island in New York. Right, and right, my mom right. And, dad. and um, I'm also a fireman out there, so I'm on duty three days a week, seven right. days a year. I remember that. Mm-hmm. So starting in about, I would think, 15 days, just about from 15 days from now, I will be out there and on duty. Oh, wow. wow. All right. Well, I had a little uh, a different idea of where you'd be leisurely vacationing, but hey, you know, this is, it, you, that's, uh, that's something you should. Let me put it in perspective. Yeah. Let me put it in perspective. <laughs> you get to Fire Island by boat. There mm-hmm. are no cars other than right. fire trucks. True. So I have a boat. I'm not racing for a ferry boat. Mm-hmm. I take my own boat over. Oh, wow. And my house has a dock on it. So that to me, even that one boat ride over across the bay that qualifies as my vacation. Mm-hmm. No, it's starting to sound sweeter as you describe it. You know, I never really saw the irony before in being a fireman on Fire uh, Island. Ah, uh, see, it's not redundant. <laughs> but now, in any case, people think Fire Island got its name because of fires that were set by the Indians or by yeah. whalers mm-hmm. or by rum runners trying to bring in all the you know the bootlegged uh, booze. None of those things are true. Uh, let's forget or not forget that the Dutch settled New York mm-hmm. and New Amsterdam, of course, and they were the first map makers of New York. So right. when they came in and they were mapping out Long Island and they were looking at the Great South Bay, which separates Fire Island from Long Island, mm-hmm. they didn't, Fire Island wasn't named then. It was 32 mile Long Island, but in the middle of the bay, there were four other islands, little bitty islands. So the way the Dutch wrote it, they wrote it as five islands, oh, and they misinterpreted ah. the V. Wow! And that's how it became Fire Island. <laughs> wow, that's a that's a weird one. That's a good history. <laughs> there you go. Didn't and, see that coming. And that gets you in the bonus round. <laughs> yeah, Thank you. Apparently. You just need to phrase okay. it in the form of a question, and we're good to go. So, Peter, okay. in terms of uh, let's let's say the the average person that that does traveling, maybe two to three or did pre-pandemic two to three times uh, a year. Where do you see the next six to 12 months going for them? Is it something they should really you know, start to consider realistically doing again and making their plans? Uh, right away, because you're seeing all the national parks getting getting filled already. Yeah. It's going to be the rest of this year is domestic travel within the 48 continental United States. Hawaii is going to get overpriced very quickly. <laughs> uh, we, the rental car situation in Florida is ridiculous. Um, a little known fact about rental cars, and that is uh, during the pandemic, you had literally hundreds and hundreds of thousands of parked cars that were nothing more than non-performing assets that were depreciating in value. And the rental car companies had no choice but to reduce their fleet, sell the cars, 
and they did. Wow. Hertz, uh, which was already in some financial difficulty, and they had already pledged their rental car fleet as collateral, got themselves in even worse trouble because the value of their collateral uh, dropped. The loan got called, and that's what forced Hertz into bankruptcy. Oh, uh, but even so, they sold about 200,000 of their cars. Wow. So now, even though Hertz is coming out of bankruptcy and, and the other rental cars are doing business, they got the no fleet cars. sizes are so small, the demand is so large that last week, the cost, a daily rental charge in Florida for a Kia was $300 a day. A day? A day? Oh, a day. Wow. Oh, my God. You know, I just look because we're going down to Florida next month. And I was looking in West Palm thinking, hey, it's May. Who's mm. going to Florida? Why is renting a car going to be a problem? And I was surprised, almost paralyzed when I saw what the rates for renting a, a car, such as a key or something small, were going to be for a week. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. I was just I was just in Puerto Rico for a week and had to rent a car. I thought it was four hundred, and I thought that was a lot of money. No, that's, that's three hundred. The, right. yeah. the smartest thing you can do if you're going out of Florida is find out if Amtrak has restarted the car train. Oh, that's a great idea. You put the <laughs> car on the train at Penn Station and you get off wherever the train lands in Florida and you're off and running. Yeah, I guess. If you have the time, why not? That'll save some bucks. But Peter, once again, thanks so much for taking some time out from the other side of the world for us uh, to fill us in on where the travel industry is right now, where you see it going and just giving us some really great pieces of advice. Uh, it's always great to tap into you and, and find out the best ways to go about uh, communicating and traveling around the world one and more time. And encouragement. I mean, you really, you bring a nice smooth voice uh, and reassurance to not only Chris and I, but to anybody who wants to get on with their life if getting on with their life meant traveling. I really, really well, do. Well, listen, if anybody, if anybody has any more questions, we have a wonderful website. That's informational, not transactional. We're not selling anything. Mm -hmm. It's free. We update it all the time because travel, as you already know, is front page news. And it's got the most imaginative name. It's petergreenberg.com. So <laughs> easy, easy to sign up. And you can also uh, you know, write me questions and we'll try to answer them. Easy enough. Thank you so much. Thanks once again, Peter. Stay safe. Stay well. Travel safely as well. And hopefully... I know we're still trying to have this dinner back in New York. It's yeah, really. before you head off to put out some, hopefully not to put out some fires, but out to Fire Island. Uh, hopefully we can get together. I'd love to meet yeah, your well, wife. You got it, Chris. All right. Thanks, thank you, guys. Well, once again, Peter delivered. I mean, he doesn't leave any stone unturned no, when he it comes to uh, travel. Wow, and he's got such great advice too. Yeah, some of the and some of the information he was telling us about. I could, I still am trying to fathom this twenty-three trillion frequent flyer miles collectively. That are yeah, that are unclaimed. They're unclaimed, unclaimed freight. If you, I don't even, trillion. I don't even know how many zeros that is. That's uh, that's way too many for us to count. But yeah. he gave some great advice also about you know utilizing those uh, frequent uh, flyer miles now, and you have up to like a three hundred and thirty days ahead but also just great advice of what the traveling experience is going to be like uh, moving forward but i think it's something you know that just like every other aspect of our lives and trying to get back to normal there's going to be some patience involved you know we have to be patient yeah it's it's difficult but please <laughs> my patience were tried a long time ago I, I got bored of this pandemic i don't know about you about two months in it was like eh, it was it was fun while it lasted i know really um, but uh, but it's you know it, it's a trying time but at least we're getting glimmers of hope and light that things are starting to get back a little bit better to uh, the way we would hope they would be. Any other last thoughts? I'm, I'm getting nervous. Tomorrow is opening night for the Mets. So I know my uh, my Tums, I have at least 
two large containers of Tums ready. <laughs> Listen, by the time this airs, it'll be history. <laughs> it'll and be history? Maybe it'll be good history. 162 games in. The yeah. Mets are one of the best uh, home opening teams, I think, in all of baseball. They have one of the, the best winning percentage. I have a question for you. Are they playing 162 this year? Oh, yeah. It's full season. Everything's back to normal. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, eventually, and there's going to be actually uh, some, some crowd. I think it's... 20% to start in most stadiums. Although I heard down in Texas, in Arlington, they're letting any all comers. So everything's all over the place in this That's country it, right man. now. We'll Absolutely. see where it goes. That's it for me. Sunshine always. Be good, feel good. It's Rick Summers. He's Chris Samino. We're Middle Age Warriors on the Believe Podcast Network. Thanks for tuning in. We really appreciate it. We'll see you soon. See you back for 51. Middle Age Warriors presented by Bet Online. A Samino Summers production. These pretzels are making me thirsty. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.